Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pastor Plex Podcast. This week, we are going to combine two of the questions that came in in regards to the Trinity and being a regenerate. So our first question this week, Chris, is why is the Trinity considered a core Christian doctrine when it doesn't appear in Scripture? Oh, man, this is a great, 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 great question. Uh, and it's one that's it's sort of like um, you're looking for, it's kind of like when I look at about our um, church membership. Like why is, you know, I don't see church membership in the Bible uh, as like, where's the count me in manual, which is our, um, uh, you know, manual of membership Shameless manual. plug right Yeah, there. there it is. Yeah, shameless plug for our count me in class coming up October, no, October 24th. So please join us. Uh, but what happens ultimately is there are some things in God's word that aren't explicit, but that are implicit. So we do know a couple things. One, that God is one. So Deuteronomy 6, 4, the great Shema, which is, uh, Hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. All right, that, you, know, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Okay, that sort of mindset, right? But then also, uh, when you look through Scripture— you see um, the there's members of the Trinity distinguished primarily, okay, primarily and you in the New Testament. So I think of the Holy Spirit just, just coming off, you know. Um, you've sinned against the Holy Spirit whenever Ananias and Sapphira um, bring their big load of cash, but it wasn't all of their cash, and they said it was all their cash from the sale of some property, and to which Peter's like, you know, this money was yours, you could done with it, whatever you want, why would you lie to the Holy Spirit? And then, boom, Ananias and Sapphira die, and so clearly the Holy Spirit is God. Why else would Peter say, how have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Okay, then, obviously, uh, when uh, Jesus, with the healing of the paralytic, uh, he goes, uh, I, you know, hey, son, your sins are forgiven. Everyone looks at him like, <clears throat> and he's like, oh, you know, why do you guys look at me like that's the hard thing for me? What's easier to say? Uh, uh, take up your mat and walk or your sons are forgiven. But this way you may know that the son of God, uh, son of man has authority to forgive sins. I say to you, take up your mat and walk. And so that becomes like this essence that Jesus can forgive sin. Holy Spirit can give sin. And then obviously God the Father uh, can forgive sin. And they're unique. They are not the, the Father is not the Son, because clearly the Father does not go to the cross. And unless Jesus is talking to himself, which he is in a way, because it's Trinitarian, but he is saying to the Father, he's praying to the Father, saying, I don't do my will, but your will. Well, whose will is he doing? And then um, he's saying he's the Son of God, which then goes in line with Old Testament uh, verses, uh, such as... Um, is like where I have to do like a, a moment of like reference, like Psalm 2, I think would be one. Uh, uh, Psalm 2, 7, or maybe even Proverbs 30, uh, 2 through 4. I, I think that's where it says like the Lord has a son and it's clear. Or And then sometimes there are, there's double meanings and this can only be interpreted through the lens of Christ. I think Hosea 8, 8, out of Egypt I called my son. And so Matthew uses that to... Um, understand that it was a prophecy about Jesus, but whereas Hosea wrote uh, that it was one reference to the people of Israel as a whole. But I think that becomes like, what do you do with Jesus, who is the God-man? He's fully God. Clearly, he he makes assertions of himself that he is God. Uh, He calls himself the Ancient of Days. He refers to a Messiah. Now, that could have been anything messianic had a meaning of a 
human conquering person, but you couldn't be eternal, ancient of days, if you were merely a human. I think that's where it gets so difficult. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God. How can you be both of those things at the same time unless there is um, diversity within the unity of the Godhead and that diversity ultimately being Trinity? So I, I think that's why it's important to distinguish uh, and one that the church has wrestled with for years and years and years and years, and it's landed on this place of orthodoxy, and it gets messy. I Meaning, how can you fully explain something that's three and also one? And that's why people try to use like the hand, it's like the bun, you know, the the bread's one's type of thing, and then the hamburger's a type of thing, and then like the tomato's a type of thing. And that that that's modalism, all right? At its that's modalism where you're saying it's three gods, uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, and or um, or modalism might be a better way to put it is, um, yeah. So three gods, or it's partialism, which would be uh, like um, oh, that's how uh, Saint Patrick, right? When he holds up the the three leaf clover, that's partialism, of uh, where the Godhead is compro- comprised of one third one leaf, which is the Holy Spirit, one third the Father, one third. The sun. And so you run into all these heresies, whether it's modalism or partialism or polytheism, and nobody would say that. And so um, ultimately you've got, uh, if you went to the United Pentecostal people, they would say, well, God became a man, left heaven and became Jesus. And so he was praying essentially to himself in heaven. The problem with that, how come Jesus can say that nobody knows about his return except the father? How can he be the Father and himself? It just is it's impossible. How can the Holy Spirit proceed from the Father and the Son? This is you're just gonna run into problems when you say that there you know, you say that the Father is the Holy Spirit or the Father is the Son. That just doesn't make any sense. And so I think you're sort of left with how can um, anyone be a hundred percent God, a hundred percent man? And don't go to that. Well, you can be a dad and a husband at the same time. Modalism, all right? That's saying it's different modes at different times. He's, he takes off one hat, puts on another. That's not what God does. He never leaves his divinity. He always has his divinity. And so you're, you're, you're left with uh, something you can't fully understand. And now this is the part where this is bad argumentation, but I, I like mm-hmm. it. Um, and here's what I mean by that. Um, when you can't understand something fully, perhaps that points to that is or origins is of God. So, I mean, who could understand the mind of God? Who should understand the mind of God? Right. Th- that gets to be a scary place. Yes. Uh, so I feel like that, you know, when you say I've got God figured out, I think the best we can come to is Trinitarian thought. I, I love a Trinitarian God uh, because it, it gives different functions and different roles. How can there's submission within the, the Godhead? That's a beautiful thing. And, and then, so remember, we are made in the image of God. And so how can we be made in the image of God? And for when God makes man, he says it's not good for man to be alone because he made him in his image and we're supposed to be imagers of God. We're not supposed to be alone. And right. I think in and of itself, that that's the beauty of a community and we see it in the Godhead and we see it. So anyway, I, I think, and this, this gets into it now again, I'm, I'm, I'm in the hypothesis and speculation, but why would God even create the universe? Because he wanted to expand the love that he shared within the Godhead um, so that more could enjoy that sort of mutual submission, mutual love, all the incredibleness that comes with that. So I know that's pretty complicated. Do you have any further a, questions on a that? A bit complicated. 
not let's let's let that rest for a little bit. Okay. Let's go back to things in scripture that are implicit versus explicit. Okay. And another one of the questions that came in on the same line of thought there is um, within our discipleship program here, we have um, a week that's called Regenerate. Mm -hmm. And you just talked about that this last <laughs> Sunday. And you even phrased that this is a word that we made up. And it's not, <laughs> regeneration is there, but regenerate is not. Right, right. A, why are we calling this a core uh, yeah. Christian identity if it's not in scripture? Okay, so first off, if if someone, the reason why I, we called it regenerate is because we couldn't think of a better word for confess and repent. Uh, because, one word encompassing Yeah, a one both. word. We want a one word identity uh, that sort of encompassed all of that. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds like, why does it matter if it's one word? Well, because, well, I mean, everyone understands what a steward is. Everyone understands uh, what a member is. And people get that kind of language. Everyone understands what a family is. Everyone understands what witnesses. And so we were really kind of wrapping our head around that we wanted to understand an identity with one word. So the reason why we chose regenerate was because of Titus 3.5. Uh, and let me pull up my trusty Bible here for uh, Titus 3.5. It says, He saved us, not by works done by us in righteousness. And I, and I love that it's, it, I love the expression, it's not done, works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of re regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So there's this thing that happens when you come to faith, that means you are made alive. Well, what is something that makes, it means to be made alive. Your regenerate is uh, is the opposite of degenerate, which is the evil, morally corrupt person or someone who's spiritually dead. Mm -hmm. We believe all people that ha don't have Jesus are spiritually dead and regenerate is made alive. And one of the things that I've found, and this this is, you might criticize my um reasoning on this, but at least you know, <laughs> know where it's coming from, all right? Where you're coming from. Yeah, because I think that's important is I wanted to place it so you were free from the old way of living where you were terrified of what people thought of you. And the only people that were free of that are those who had their eyes on an invisible kingdom. And so therefore, their invisible kingdom uh, that they could see by faith, right, mm -hmm. um, was different. So they didn't fear like the rest of man fears. The rest of man fears death, but they also fear what people think of them. They're trying to please earthly leaders and we don't live for that kingdom ideally we live for christ and so specifically what comes to that is that our secret issues or our shame issues the bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in christ and so i was like there's not really one word that talks about confessing repenting and then also being free of shame and other than one i felt we came up with it would sort of bring all those together that's why we chose right. regenerate so it means that you're um, alive in christ that you're working uh, in faith towards sanctification by confessing and repenting your sin. And that's ultimately how we grow. Mm -hmm. So here's what I do know. You don't become more sanctified or more spiritual or more Christ-like by being smarter. Nope. <laughs> you, you become more sanctified by understanding maybe more knowledge, but then you have to do something in response to that, which is repentance. Mm -hmm. Anytime you learn something new, you have to have your mind changed to believe that new thing, whether it's uh, that you cannot lose your salvation 
whether God has a design for marriage or God has a design for gender or God has a design for parenting or God has a design like for church. Like, so there's a lot of things that God has designed for and that you may have grown up with different ideas about that. And ultimately, when you become smarter about something, it's not it's just one thing to know it. It's a completely other thing to do it. And so orthodoxy meets orthopraxy. And to make the orthodoxy become orthopraxy, right thinking, becoming right doing, there has to be repentance. Mm-hmm. And um, we could have gone with repentant, but even that doesn't give you the, um, the the feel of the Holy Spirit doing the work, whereas regenerate in the from the, from the idea of regeneration does give you that idea. Right. And I think kind of outside of the, the scriptural context of why you guys chose this, this was a word that most people don't use in their everyday vocabulary. Right. So when we do, the people who are going through this discipleship program sit there and have to take two weeks to study regenerate and wrap their minds around this, it is a whole lot more helpful be that we don't understand immediately what it's talking sure. about. Sure, and sometimes for some of us, it's more than two weeks. So yeah, <laughs> I, I do feel like that's that's it. I mean, it, it's, it's like teaching the word sanctification. Sanctification isn't in the Bible, right? In right. fact, um, I would say... Um, you know, you're, you're getting some form of the Greek word that we've translated into sanctification. I, I think that's mm-hmm. the problem. Like, no English word is in the Bible. The, and, and maybe that's the part where I, maybe I'm, you know, just going too far with semantics. But that is part of it. Like, you're wanting a word um, that fits for the, the idea of confessing and repenting sin and not having a fear of man. I think that that word doesn't exist in secular world. It's not specific in the Bible, although um, 1 John 1, 9 says, we confess our sins, God's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so there's a sense of, maybe we could call it forgiven. But then then you go to James 5, 16, which is really beautiful. It's um, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. Maybe we call it a healed person. But again, yeah. it, it, it Regenerations in there is in the Bible, and I feel like it encompasses all those things, and uh, and that's why we went with that word. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I that was one of my favorite weeks. Whenever we were walking through this discipleship program in my group, and I look forward to taking other people through it. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.